0: Hi, I'm Donna Lou, and you're listening to A Grey Matter, the neuroscience podcast from the Queensland Brain Institute. This week, in an episode that combines neuroscience, psychology and sociology, we'll be talking about racial bias and empathy. Kicks it inside 50, goods the target, 101, takes the mark, little nudge, plays on and goals. The champ Adam Goods put through Sydney's first of the day, the two-time Broadline
1: medalist. He's had to deal with uh, all sorts of booing, etc., around the country for all sorts of reasons.
0: It doesn't matter your colour or creed, booing is part of the game. The former Australian of the Year has described it as a continual
1: battle, as week after week he's booed and jeered by rival fans.
0: I think a lot of people need to grow up. I don't see why they are booing.
1: But the question everyone's asking about the booing
0: is the same question they asked about your favourite character in Friends. Is it racial? If he is interpreting it as racial vilification, that's where you just as a decent human being stop doing it. The recent furor about the booing of AFL player Adam Goods has reignited a debate about racism in both the sport and the country. The controversy has been described as a watershed moment for race relations in Australian history, with one commentator suggesting that, as a culture, we still haven't learnt to embrace the Indigenous one. Discrimination on the grounds of race or ethnicity is a subset of a broader phenomenon. We tend to show prejudice towards people whom we perceive to be different to us.
1: The idea being we somehow like or... I feel closer to, to people that are more similar to us or so more like us. That's what we call in-group. So people we consider to be part of, in a way, ourselves
0: or so our circle. That's Yuan Tao, a PhD student at the School of Psychology here at UQ. She's recently completed a Master's of Neuroscience with Associate Professor Ross Cunnington here at the Queensland Brain Institute.
1: It's been repeatedly shown. Uh, we tend to have more empathy for people who we consider to be like us.
0: So part Um, of the in-group. Part of the
1: in-group, yes.
0: In experiments, even when in-groups are formed by something as arbitrary as, for example, preferring one artist over another, people are more likely to think that their fellow members are more intelligent, moral, and fair than other people, people in the out-group.
1: Examples from previous studies are like, um, we have um, people who are really into a
0: sport like football. People show more of an empathy response to fans of the same football club than fans of a rival team.
1: Another example, things that we're a bit more interested in um, are more about a person's background. So it seems like we have more empathy for people who look a bit more like us, so people from the same racial background.
0: In the case of Adam Goods, it's a combination of the two. But what exactly is empathy? It's commonly described, of course, as the ability to put yourself in someone else's shoes. Here's Yuan again.
1: What we really look at is the idea of, um, we feel a little bit of discomfort when we see others' distress or um, situation. So we like to say, it's sort of like we experience a little bit of others' pain and then that helps us to understand what they're going through and then hopefully that's going to lead to altruism or helping behaviours of some sort. Um, so that's the sort of the thing we will look at. It's more about the um, arousal you feel when you see others' distress.
0: Yuan's research looked at how the brain responds differently when you see the pain of someone from a different racial group.
1: So what we did was um, really building on previous work, showing people tend to have more mirror empathy or their brain responds more when they see um, people who are from the same racial background in pain compared to people of another background. So we were wondering if there's anything we can do about that, if there's some way that can be um, reduced. So we have more empathy for people who are a little bit different to us. So what we wanted to see was um, if we have more contact in daily life with someone of another race would that help us to have more empathy for them as well we looked at that by recruiting um, international students um, and to limit the you know possible variations we chose one group and that was chinese students currently studying in australia and we wanted to see um, how much empathy response in their brain they had when they saw um, both Chinese and Caucasian actors in pain.
0: So, how exactly do you measure empathy? What happens in our brains when we feel for someone else?
1: We have a lot of ways of tapping into that. Um, one of the common ways is basically ask someone how they feel. So, we can do that by giving them questionnaire to do. So, ask them in daily life how they normally respond to others' distress or in experiments, we show them um, videos or photos that's um, a little bit unpleasant and get them to report um, how they're feeling and how they think the person in the video or the photo is
0: feeling. These are called explicit measures, the things that participants report. The other way of measuring empathy is implicitly, looking at how someone feels without actually asking them.
1: So that involves things like taking physiological measures from them. So things like um, how much they sweat, because when we have more else we sweat more. And also we do something called functional magnetic resonance imaging or FMI. Um, so that's to look at how their brain responds when they witness others' distress. And we're really interested in um, how parts of their brain respond that we now relate to emotions, whether they show a bit more response in those areas when they see others in distress.
0: How did you go about obtaining those images? Yeah. Did you actually have to cause pain to people?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> fortunately. Um, so um, what we've been doing is... Um, we've, we've got some volunteers, really nice people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we um, used a, a, like a special needle, so it's the syringe is like any needle syringe will look like, but the needle itself is actually blunt at the end.
0: The videos the researchers produced were short, about three seconds long, showing the needle contacting a person's face. They then cut the footage, which made it look as if the actor was actually getting an injection.
1: We put them inside the MRI scanner, showed them videos of painful touch made to Chinese and Caucasian actors and recorded how their brain responded. And the main thing we found was um, people who had more, so for the Chinese participants, who had more contact with Caucasians in their daily life, they actually had more response or more neural empathy for Caucasian actors.
0: There are two particular areas in the brain that are involved in mediating empathy, the anterior cingulate cortex and the anterior insula.
1: Those two areas are um, really responsive when we see other distress. Um, It could be like what we're doing, which is more physical pain, but others also have looked at more emotional pain. So, you know, getting people to look at photos of um, victims of natural disasters or, Social exclusion, um, getting them to see their friend being excluded from an online game, all sort of things.
0: In previous studies, activation in these brain areas has been associated with helpful or do-good behavior, but Yuan's quick to emphasise that in their research, they weren't able to measure whether empathetic participants demonstrate more altruism in their day-to-day lives. What's also interesting is how the brains of people who have been raised in a predominantly other race society respond.
1: They will be the people who had extensive contact with um, people of another race, assuming they are from minority background.
0: I, for example, am Chinese, but grew up here in Australia. According to previous research, my neural response is likely to be similar when I witness the pain of Caucasians, the majority racial background, and Chinese people a minority. In Yuan's study they wanted to look at the effect of contact so they recruited Chinese students who had recently arrived in Australia from a few months to an upper limit of five years. What they found was that the effect of exposure was quite rapid.
1: The other thing I think is quite interesting that we found is um, in terms of the contact or the exposure. It's not really about the type of contact exposure because we looked at things like um, friendship or which is a more extensive form of contact, or less extensive ones, like um, people in the neighborhood or people on campus. And what we found was, it's really about the amount of contact that's important, not the type of contact. So it seems like the more exposure, the more contact you have, um, that will make a difference, rather than you have to get those really extensive ones like
0: friendship. Become friends with mm. someone. The research gives us some food for thought, particularly in light of the booing of Adam Goods.
1: I, I do think our study shows that uh, multicultural society is a good thing. Um, I do think it means that we should look into, you know, have more contact and exposure to people who are a little bit different to us, um, people who we consider to be the our group.
0: I'm Donna Lu, and that's all for this episode. Let us know what you think or if you have any requests for future podcasts. We're on Twitter at QBI underscore UQ and on Facebook. Or you could give us a review on iTunes. Thanks for listening.